Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so today is the second Sunday of Advent. And um, if you aren't familiar with the church calendar, these seasons in the church, that's totally fine. Or maybe you need a little bit of a refresher. But Advent happens every year. It's the, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And it um, usually is a time of, of waiting and anticipation. So we don't sing all of the normal, like we're not singing joy to the world yet. We're singing eventually everything will be joyful. It's a little different posture and uh, this season is typically marked by these four traditional Advent themes, hope and peace, joy and love. And so today, the second week of Advent is Peace Week. It's a good week, right? Okay, I was expecting you guys to be like, yes, I want more peace. I need a more peaceful life. But apparently you guys are good. So that's okay. Uh, anyone feel like this is the most peaceful time of the year? No, right? It's an interesting thing because the other parts of Advent, like, um, you know, it might feel like a little more joyful time of the year for you. You know, you drive around, you see the Christmas light, just automatically you think it's a little more joyful or maybe even hopeful. You look forward to next year or maybe it's more loving, kind of a sentimental time, a time for family that feels loving, but it doesn't automatically or inherently feel like a more peaceful time of the year. Like I was on 610 West yesterday by the Galleria at 7 p.m. on a Saturday in totally jam-packed traffic. And there was no part of that that thought that I thought, this is such a peaceful time. I love this time of year. So peaceful. You know, it's just not automatically a peaceful time. And I think, you know, we all need and can experience peace in this season. But that, that kind of peace is, um, you know, it's internal and it's largely a personal kind of peace, and we're going to talk about that today, and it's important, and I, and I want that for you. Uh, but before we talk about that internal experience of peace or peacefulness or contentment, I want to just take a minute and kind of talk for a second about like universal, big picture peace. That, that kind of peace, the, the shalom, the completeness that everything is in its right place, that kind of intention that God has for everyone, everywhere, and everything. We read earlier this you know, really famous Christmas verse from Isaiah 9, where Isaiah, Isaiah says that there's going to be a child that's born that we'll call the Prince of Peace. We worship a God of peace that sends the Prince of Peace to embody peace and offer peace to everything and everyone, everywhere. Our God is the God of peace. And you never make peace by waging war. And just hear me, there is no righteous end that justifies violent means. There is no righteous end that justifies violent means. We worship a God of peace who sends the Prince of Peace to offer peace to everyone everywhere. And right now, I know you know but there is this conflict in Gaza where there have been, you know, we don't even know how many people have died. The count is wrong. Or there's 15, 20,000 people that have died. There, there's people, thousands of people missing. And there is no part of that that is God-ordained. So kind of regardless of how you feel about a political situation or anything else, that is, even if someone is seeking peace out of that, there is no good or righteous end that justifies that kind of violence. Because we don't get peace by waging war. 
That's just not how we get peace. That's not how it works. Violence begets violence, always. We don't get peace by waging war. And Jesus is walking in this, uh, this Hebrew idea of shalom, that everything finds its rightful place. It's more than just the absence of violence or conflict, and that's a part of it, that the, um, you know, that the swords turn into plowshares. That's a part of this kind of peace, but it's more than that. It's this kind of completeness. The idea really is that everything finds its rightful home, that everything is exactly as it should be. The God of peace sends the Prince of Peace to offer this sort of completeness and healing and fullness to everyone right now. And in this Christmas story that we're kind of kind of circling around in this Advent season, kind of reading different parts of it each week, uh, we get a kind of a, a snapshot of this kind of moment of peace that Mary, who Elise just sang about, experiences in Luke chapter 1. So we're going to kind of read this quick story and look at this kind of snapshot of peace that Mary has. This is what it says in Luke chapter 1. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. This is a weird story. Even sometimes I write these sermons, you know, I write them alone, and then I read them out loud to you, and I think, God, this is so weird to read out loud in front of a whole group of people. Because this is a really weird story, and I know a lot of you know this story, but if you could just imagine an angel showing up to you and telling you you were pregnant. And some of you are like, that's literally impossible. And that's what Mary thought too. It's not good news. Like this was not good news to her. It's also a hilarious thing that the angel is like, greetings, you who are highly favored. Like it's an interesting like sales technique, like, hey, good looking. And she's like, excuse me? And then the angel gives this news that isn't good news, right? It's, it's shocking news. It is not, you know, it's not great news for her. But Mary ends this passage, this little story, by saying, I'm the Lord's servant, may your words be fulfilled. Right? So there's this kind of interesting progression that happens for Mary. This angel shows up not giving great news, and she kind of works through it and ends at this place of peace. And so first, um, this angel tells Mary, do not be afraid. Right? That's what the, the angel says to Mary. And I think that's because divine love speaks these words of comfort so that we, so that Mary, so that all of us can experience peace through a sense of internal security. I think that's what we first have to have in order to experience peace. What we say around here a lot is that you have to be safe. If you want to experience peace, you need to be safe. It's the sense of internal security that is required if we want to have any sort of internal peace. And, um, you know, most of my growing up, I heard, you know, all of the times in the Bible where it says, do not be afraid. I heard it kind of as a demonization of fear, like that God was mad, a chastisement of fear, you know, be less afraid. I was like, but it's kind of scary. Like all these rapture videos I'm watching at church are particularly frightening. (laughs) It's like, be less afraid. You're like, okay, I'll try. But I don't think, I don't think that's what's happening here. So I, I really see this as words of comfort. 
right? Not chastisement. The divine love looks at Mary and says, you don't have to be afraid. Right? No one's griping at anyone, though that's sometimes how we interpret God or, or even project God to be. Then a divine love who shows up to Mary says, you don't have to be afraid. Or it's a sense of, of internal security, of safety. And that is what is required if we're going to experience peace. And so that means that for you, for all of us, if you are in an unsafe environment, physically, emotionally, if you're in an unsafe environment, peace just probably isn't available to you. And I know that um, pastors like me and churches like this like to say things like, peace is available to you no matter what, in any circumstance, you should be able to experience peace. And that's kind of sort of true. But if you are in an unsafe relationship, it might require you leaving the unsafe relationship for you to experience peace. You, you might get some acceptance or really some sense of numbness, but you don't get peace if you are unsafe. It's just not going to happen. And so internal security ends up being this first step, right? And, and that's what the angel shows up to do. It says, you don't, you don't have to be afraid, right? And so if you've been wondering why your life doesn't feel very peaceful. It might be a good practice for you to evaluate the circumstances you find yourself in, the relationships that you're in, your work environment. When you step into those places with those people, is it a safe space for you? And some of you have had that experience at church. That you say, I know when I walk in with this group of people, I don't know if I'm safe. Like, I, I don't know how much shame I'm going to have to feel in order to belong here. And so for you, church feels really hard, and I understand. But if you are considering why your life doesn't feel very peaceful, maybe first just ask yourself, are the people and the places that I find myself in, are they safe? Am I safe? Because if we don't have that sense of internal security, it's really hard to experience any of that internal peace. And so, and then I, I find it really interesting what, what Mary doesn't do here, um, because it would be very normal to just like totally lose it. And maybe she did lose it a little bit and, they, and Luke just didn't write it down, you know. But she doesn't really lose it. And um, there's this sense here um, that Mary is emotionally centered. Like the way I think about it is like emotional regulation, right? So um, Mary asks questions of the angel that require her to be really present. Like, this doesn't, excuse me, sir, uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> and maybe, you, um, um, maybe you've been in the kind of place or experienced the kind of season where you are um, so numb to your own emotions that you can't even process that far. But, but she's able, she's feeling this enough to, to uh, offer objections, which I think is good. That's interesting, right? She's feeling this. Right? And, and if you have had that experience of having all of that numbness in your body, right? you know that you don't feel the bad, but you also don't feel the good. And just as a note, that isn't peace. So having that emotional um, numbness, it might, your body may be trying to protect you in some way, but that's not peace. Or maybe um, you have been so out of control that everything boils over at once. And maybe you tried to like stuff everything down for as long as possible 
and then with your kids or with your partner or that one guy you work with at work that you were praying didn't stop by your desk and then he did and then you really lost it. And it all just kind of comes out at once. Like neither of those, the numbness or the boiling over, neither of that is that emotional centeredness, that emotional regulation where you're able to say, I'm feeling all of this and I'm able to process it and integrate. It's really a, 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 um, a practice of integration. Mary's emotionally regulated. And then the, the angel tells Mary um, that the Most High, the Holy Spirit, will overshadow her, which um, this is one of those times in the Bible that I wish they used different words, you know, because these Greek words, they're very complicated to translate for us. But what a lot of them do is they paint a kind of, like a lot of uh, ancient languages, they paint a kind of word picture, like we're supposed to imagine something when a word gets used. And so this word in the Greek for overshadowed, it's supposed to, um, it's supposed to help us imagine being totally engulfed by something, or really the imagery might be better understood as being held. God is holding Mary through the entire experience. So the most high, that the power of God is holding her. And what we can understand from that is that our experience of peace, if we want that internal uh, peace or contentment, that it's going to require connection. That, that we, we're we not going to be able to find peace if we do it alone. And I, I don't want you to leave here and think, you know, maybe I, um, you know, maybe I'm not experiencing a lot of peace. Maybe my life doesn't feel very peaceful because uh, I'm far away from God. My behavior is so bad that God is upset with me. God's not holding me anymore, I guess. Or uh, I must be doing all this spirituality wrong. And my beliefs are wrong. So that's why I'm not experiencing peace. I I don't think that's it. The idea here that I want you to hear is that you are already being held. God is already holding you. You are already being engulfed and overshadowed and held by the power and the presence of God. Our work is not to have you know, perfect behavior or right belief. The work that God has called us to do to experience this peace is to acknowledge that we're already being held, to experience it. It's not that we have to work towards it. It's not that if we behave correctly, then we'll receive it. It's to acknowledge that it's already happening in your life. Or if God feels really far away from you, if you hear all that and you're like, I don't know that I feel comfortable being held by a divine being right now. I understand. If that concept feels far away or difficult to grasp, it's okay. Maybe um, just try to conceptualize this, that God is sending you a friend. That most of the time when God wants to speak to us, God sends us friends. And so if you're on board with this idea that for us to experience real peace, we're going to have to do it connected to other people, um, then just say, who are the friends that help me experience internal security and emotional regulation? Who are those friends and how do I spend more time with them? If you have a hard time connecting to this idea of like divine love holding you, I get it then just ask yourself, who are the friends in my life that could speak into my life to help me experience safety and integration or regulation? That would be good, divine, holy work for you to do. So it's internal security or safety, it's emotional regulation, it's connection, and then it culminates, like we read, with this idea of acceptance, right? Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, may your words be fulfilled. And this is really how it ends, right, this process. You could think of it, 
This isn't the entire, you know, this isn't like, you know, Pastor Josh's four-step pathway to peace or something, but, um, but I could title it that. That's pretty good. Next Advent. Um, but all peace ends with acceptance. So it always starts with feeling safe and it always ends with acceptance. That we get to this place to say, I see reality for what it is and I accept it. Another way to think about it would be that you can't um, practice avoidance and peace at the same time. Right? If you are constantly pushing down all of those negative emotions, maybe you, your body isn't numbing them for you and so you're doing the work yourself and you're pushing them away as best you can. That's not peace. That's avoidance and it, it has no acceptance in it. Right, so when we get to this uh, ability to accept reality, that's when we experience peace. And most of us, um, most of us avoid every negative thing in our life with as much energy and passion as we can. <laughs> and um, that is a version of um, maybe respite for our brains, like a little bit of rest. You know, if you have a lot of negativity happening, I understand that at times you have to kind of keep it at an arm's length, but you'll never get peace if you practice avoidance. In other words, if you want real peace, you'll have to practice true radical acceptance. Right? Peace and denial cannot coexist. And so these are not, this isn't everything, um, but it's an interesting snapshot from Luke about these things that happen, the sort of progression for Mary, that give us an idea of what we might need to experience peace. It's a place to start, right? We always start with internal security, and we always have to end with acceptance. And these things in the middle probably include some sort of emotional regulation or integration and connection. It's just a place to start. So just start with safety. Where am I safe? Start with some sort, some sense of emotional regulation or integration. What that means is go see a therapist. <laughs> Start with connection. Reach out to someone. Acknowledge that you're not alone. Start with acceptance. Just look with, with real true eyes at what is actually in front of you. Don't push it away. Right? If you want peace, just start, and you can try one of these. Uh, we're, we're coming uh, to the end of, of 2023, and it has been a, it's been a really beautiful year for me. And um, also, it's been a really hard year, and um, it's particularly been a hard year at church. It's been a hard church year. It's an odd thing because this is also my work, you know? This is my job, and so it's been kind of a hard work year. Uh, and I just, I want for a second to just be as honest as I can with you about it. Is that okay? Thank you. It would be so weird if you said no. That would be really inappropriate for you to say no. Thank you for saying yes. Um, so I didn't really realize how hard of a year it had been until the last few weeks. Like it's been a hard um, 11 months and it's taken me like 10 months to even feel any of it. And maybe you've experienced some of that before. So like last, just to fill you in, if you, you know, a lot of folks are new around here. So last January, we made this like really big, hard church decision to move buildings. And we moved from a warehouse space in Midtown uh, to a historic house in the Heights. And um, I, had a, I had a lot of real guilt about leaving. We had been in that space, we had tried really hard, 
And honestly, it just did. It was not working. It was a very hard time for me, but I had a ton of guilt about leaving. Um, and then we left and we worked really hard and you all worked really hard to like paint and give money and do landscaping and make this weird little house work on 10 and a half street. And a lot of you like uh, dangerously and illegally crossed the street to get to church. And like, I really appreciate that too. You, everyone was like trying really hard to make it work, you know? And, um, and then that space uh, caught on fire. Uh, the, the house next to ours got struck by lightning and then it, it, it passed to us. And, um, you know, some people like to ask about our theological views and I'm like, I don't know, our church caught on fire. So that's, <laughs> I'm not sure about anything anymore. And the, uh, the, the fire damage was pretty bad, but to put out the fire, they, you know, they had to like break through the front windows and run hoses inside and soak the entire building. So fire damage was pretty bad, but the water damage was particularly bad. And uh, my sweet landlord, Steve, who's here, love you, Steve, was calling me, you know, at midnight to tell me about it. And I was definitely asleep. So I woke up at 4 a.m. to, I don't know, 30 notifications from all the neighbors and from Steve and from everybody else. And um, Steve graciously told me in a voicemail, don't go up there. Call me before you go. And so I put on my shoes and went and didn't call him. <laughs> And uh, I went at like 4.30 in the morning and I just stood and I wept. And like I was very aware, I remember standing in this space that you all had worked really hard on. Was, I was very aware that one, it was just a building. Like it was just a space, it was. And uh, I, was, I was very aware that, um, you know, no one was hurt and that was very good news. Like I was very aware of those things. It's just a thing, no one was hurt. But at the same time, it just felt, it felt like the death of a dream, like an idea, like a future that we had all imagined together died at the same time. And it was this thing that was supposed to solve all of our problems at once, you know, and then it created this one massive one. And it was really hard for me. And, um, you know, it, in the middle of all that, you know, I had a, a dear friend who you all know and love also who left our church staff to take another job. And I was so happy for him and it was the right thing for him. But also that was hard. It was just hard. And um, I just soldiered on, you know. And I put my head down and I called everyone I knew with venue connections. And my friend Craig knew somebody here. And I was like, I'm going to name drop, drop Craig until they call me back. And it was the first name drop I've ever used that actually worked. So <laughs> shout out to this dude named Craig that I know. And uh, they let us in here and they said, you know, you can use it for a few weeks, but we don't know about churches. And then you guys were really nice to the staff here. And then they're letting us stay, which is all really great. Like, that is good. And I, I don't want you to mishear me as ungrateful for how it's all turned out. Because it has largely turned out really well. Like, this is all really great and beautiful. And you guys are all here. And that's cool, you know? Like, I am very aware that there are things I should be grateful for. Um, but also, it's been really hard. And it took me, like, six months of security. It took me, like, six months of nothing terrible happening. Like, no 4 a.m. Uh, 30 notifications at once. It took me, like, six months of security for me to even start to feel any of the previous pain that I had dealt with. It took a really long time. And I am also really aware that um, 
you know, having a building catch on fire and dealing with that and dealing with some other loss and hard decisions, that isn't, um, it's not a failed marriage. It's not a parental betrayal. Um, it's not the loss of a loved one. It's a thing. And it's still, it still took me six months to feel really any of it. And so I just want you to know, if you are in the middle of some real grief, like real actual pain and grief, like loss and death. If you're in the middle of that, it is slow, hard work. Like it's gonna take a really long time. Like it takes a really long time of feeling safe to get to the point where you can even have emotional regulation. It takes a really long time of no terrible 4 a.m. voicemails for you to get to the point where you have the opportunity to feel connected. It's just slow. And I just, I want you to know as your friend and as your pastor that I am on the path with you, that I'm trying, that I want it for you because I want it for me. And I'm just on the slow path with you and it's gonna take a really long time And I'm just committed to you that together we can be the kind of people that will connect to each other, that will offer the me too's to one another, the same's, that will give each other shoulders and safe spaces, that we will be the security for one another. And it will take a very, very long time. But I am with you on the hard path to peace. I just want you to know. And so Mary gives us this little snapshot of what it looks like to experience peace or safety, regulation, connection, and acceptance. So for you, maybe it would be helpful today to just, and maybe you're feeling it because I cried a little bit and then you cried a little bit. So maybe you already know, but um, maybe you could consider where in your life you need to experience peace. Like what is the thing, the, the, um, what is the acute thing, the relationship, the loss, the grief, where is it? that is boiling up in you, that you need some of that peace. Or maybe you could consider what feels in the way of peace for you. And then if you think about these ideas, security, regulation, connection, acceptance, where do you get stuck in this little cycle? Right. So some of us are very good at finding safe spaces. I've watched some of you and you are, it's like uh, intu- very intuitive for you to navigate where you know you'll be safe. Some of us are very good at that. Or, um, you know, some of us are good at just being connected. You'll just connect no matter what. But you may have a harder time with some of these other things. And sometimes, you know, you might notice for yourself that you become very good at one of these other ideas because you're not good at the other ones, you know? Like, I will be as connected as I can Um, so that I can hear what's going on with you, so I don't have to deal with what's going on with me. You you kind of maybe use a part of this as a defense mechanism. So just consider for yourself where you get stuck in this kind of cycle of safety and regulation and connection. And maybe for you, you're just safe for the first time in a long time, that you have some security for the first time in a long time. And so if that's where you are and that's where you kind of clock yourself today, um, and you haven't really felt at all or even integrated any of your emotions, or maybe you don't feel super connected, and you just say, you know, I'm safe for the first time maybe in years. And I would, I would just say, you're doing good work. Just do what you can, set whatever boundaries you need to to stay safe.
And then what could you do or what practices could you start to help you down this pathway? What, what could you do to experience more of these things? Uh, this week I had kind of a, a rough morning with my boys, as it goes, with a four-year-old and two-year-old, but uh, I dropped them off at school and I was feeling particularly dysregulated. And I know I have seen other parents doing the same thing. And if you're a parent, I know the deal at school drop-off. And um, I was not doing great and I knew I was working on the sermon. This was on Tuesday. And so I started saying out loud to myself in my car, I am safe, I am in control of my emotions, I am not alone. I am safe, I am in control of my emotions, I am not alone. And it was just like my brain, it was like my words were reminding my brain to remind my body that those things were true. And so maybe you could take my mantra this week, or just a part of it, maybe you just need to tell your, remind yourself that you're safe. Right? I want you to experience some of this piece. It is hard, but it is worth it, and it is available. One, one last thing, and then uh, we'll wrap up here. So Katie and I try to take a family walk with the boys every day, and um, since the time change, Ellis gets to experience a lot more sunsets, and uh, he asked me recently, you know, where the sun went, and uh, which some of you were like, how profound. He asked every question all day long. He asked me why like a thousand times yesterday. So it was a sweet question. But And um, as a parent with a four-year-old, you, um, you have to do a lot of deciding how much explaining you're willing to do. You guys know this little calculation in your brain. Like, am I willing? Like, I had to decide whether I'm going to explain that the sun isn't actually going anywhere. The sun's not going away at all. In fact, the sun is always there, and sometimes we spin away from the sun, and sometimes the sun gets covered up by clouds or storms or trees, uh, but the sun is always there. Um, I didn't tell him that. I told him the sun was going to bed, and that meant we were supposed to go to bed too. <laughs> sometimes that's what you do. But, um, but Ellis, asking these questions, he asked about the sun a lot, but Ellis asking about the sunset, on our daily family walks and uh, the, the clouds and the storms and the eclipse that happened, all of it, uh, they've had me really thinking about all of those things that we really want in life, like that we really want, like belonging and uh, peace and contentment and love, all of those things we really long for. Almost all of them are always there for us. Almost all of them already exist within us, and sometimes the darkness of life, the storms of life, the clouds cover up the peace we want, the belonging we want, the acceptance we want. And sometimes we turn away from that which is already available to us. But the peace that you want is within you. And so this Christmas, this Advent season, you don't have to discover peace, but you might need to uncover it a little bit. There might be relationships that you need to set a boundary in. There might, need, might be grief you need to work through. There might be things you need to uncover, but it is already available to you. It is hard, but it is worth it, and it is available. You don't have to discover it, but you might have to uncover it. And so gather, if you would be willing, um, I'm hoping we can say our closing prayer together today. And if nothing else, this will just be for me. So can we say these three phrases together? I am safe. I am in control of my emotions. 
I am not alone. Let's do it one more time. I am safe. I am in control of my emotions. I am not alone. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.